How can you not be romantic about baseball? Bringing a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I got I to gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Our ass is in the jackpot now. You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. A baseball first podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is beer! I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-hmm. Welcome in to another edition of Boost and Baseball with Dusty Baker. I am Derek Johnson. As we are in for episode 49, and it is officially opening day. Recording this on the night before opening day. And uh, opening day is tomorrow on April 7th of uh, 2022. Well, back on April 7th of 1984, how about this one? The Minnesota Twins beat the Baltimore Orioles 13-4. to And this was quite the game. Eight of the nine hitters for the Twins had exactly two hits, no more, no less. Very balanced uh, lineup featuring Daryl Brown, Tim Tufel, Tom Brunanski, Kent Herbeck, Mickey Hatcher, Dave Angle, Gary Gady, Tim Blodner, and Lenny Faido. I hadn't really heard of any of those players, but big game for them. And Dusty is getting ready for a uh, pretty celebratory drink here. Yeah, that is right, Eric. Uh, you know, those are, I think Mitch, Mickey Hatcher might be the one name that I actually re- recall out of that crew, but. Uh, you know what? That's what opening day, the beauty of it is. And uh, we are hopefully popping bottles, baby. Happy opening day 2022. The timing of that could not have been any better. I hope hope the sound of that was as great as it felt right there. That was beautiful. I got myself a uh, 455 Cellars Brute, uh, none other than amazing champagne to kick off this 2022 season. Derek, what are you drinking? And also, cheers to you, sir. Thank you. I actually wish I would have got champagne. And to be completely honest, I forget, forgot to get some because that was my intention for the show. I actually do have a uh, new beer that I'll be drinking. It is called Back Pocket Brewing's Slingshot Dunkel. Um, I was in Des Moines a couple weeks ago, Dusty's favorite city. Of course you were. <laughs> and uh, this is one of the local breweries in the Iowa area. They were selling it at a, a store I was at in Des Moines. So cheers to you. Cheers to you. Happy 2022 season. Best of luck to your Giants, by the way. I'm not going to say the same to you because you don't need it. You have Freddie. (laughs) He's going to hit ninth in the Dodgers lineup and just to mess with everyone. They're just going to toy with everyone and do that and make everyone sad, including me. Um, (laughs) So what we're going to do today is go through our MLB preseason predictions. We did this last year, and then we total it up at the end. Basically. Um, everything instead of, you know, if a team is five to one to win, it's, well, now Dusty owes five drinks, if I get it right. Or it's essentially if, if Dusty were to owe 100 and I were to owe 80, then Dusty would just owe 20. We take the difference. So uh, we'll calculate that at the end of the season. And we're just going to be real simple today. We're going to go through all the different divisions. We're going to pick uh, if you like any of the win total over-unders. You don't have to pick any, but you do have to pick a team to at least win the division. Um, you can make any other bets. Like, I have a couple on, on teams to make the playoffs. Um, and then we're going to do our awards. We're going to do who's going to win the World Series, who's going to win the AL pennant, who's going to win the NL pennant. So, exciting stuff here and nothing better than the start of the MLB season. Yeah, can't wait for this. So, let's hop right into it, DJ. All right, let's do it. Let's start in the American League. We'll start in the AL East, which is going to be one of the best divisions in baseball once again this year. Um, anything stick out to you with the win total over-unders as I go through them here? You have the Boston Red Sox at 85 and a half. Uh, last season, they were at 92. Baltimore Orioles are up to 62 and a half. That would be to go over an 11-win increase 
from last season. The Tampa Bay Rays are 89 and a half. Last season, they won 100. The Yankees are 91 and a half, which is right in line with the 92 that they won last season. And the Toronto Blue Jays are at 92 and a half. They won 91 a season ago. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me are the Boston Red Sox. Everybody is sleeping on this team. The, the Toronto Blue Jays are a very trendy pick this year, and rightfully so. I mean, they've got great young talent. Um, and, and I'm excited to see them because they legitimately will have a chance to win the division and possibly reach the World Series. However, I don't really understand why people are sleeping on the Red Sox. I know the rotation's not quite as strong, but they bring in a Trevor Story after already basically having a lineup that could have gotten them to the World Series last year, uh, falling to the Astros. I think Story adds some incredible pop, speed, power. He, he's got everything with that. This team could very well lead the entire league in doubles. Um, and I feel like the Red Sox are one of those teams that doesn't – they just don't stay quiet at the deadline – so if they do have an issue in the rotation, like it, what most people are obviously believing they have, well, they'll probably address it. And so with that in mind, I feel like the odds of the Red Sox right now, I'm going to roll with them. Uh, I, I like the rotation actually, I think, better than most people. I think Hauk could be more impressive than people realize. Chris Sale is obviously somebody you don't believe in and trust in, and I get why, but Eovaldi is somebody I trust in. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of think that, yeah, the rotation may be a bit of the issue, but the lineup's good enough to win games, you know, 10 to 8, 10 to 7, and I feel like they're going to have uh, a couple games like that throughout the season. Fenway Park will play a big factor for them uh, at home. I feel like they're going to win a lot of games at home specifically because of that. Um, and so I, I'm intrigued by the Red Sox, and I think specifically betting odds-wise, getting them at plus 550 uh, to win the division, that's something I'm going with. And I'm going with the Boston over 85.5. I think that it's hard to see them fall off uh, by that many uh, less wins than last season, uh, considering that they really figured it out, it felt like, in the second half of the year. So I, I think they've been battle-tested. Uh, it's a lot of the same core coming back. I think Rothiel Devers has an MVP-type season. And uh, I'm going with the Red Sox. I'm not touching that one. I, I do agree I would lean over if I had to. I just – I don't love the pitching. Like, if, if Nathan Eovaldi were to have a bad year or get injured or anything, it's hard for me seeing them have the pitching where – like, the lineup is good enough to normally carry you, but this division is just so loaded. I mean, you have the Blue Jays, Yankees, and Rays who all have shorter odds than the Red Sox to win the division. And that is pretty good value, plus 550. I'll give you that. Um, I don't want to take the Blue Jays at plus 165 as the favorite. So I'm going to go the Yankees next up, get a little better odds at 2-1. to one. I, I think they have a very good team this year. Uh, I think they added a few pieces that they really needed and changed up their philosophy just a little bit. Like you, I, I don't love Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as a player, but I like that you add him to a team that's full of, of guys who, you know, or high sluggers or high OBP guys, but maybe strike out a lot. Now you had a contact guy in there just to, you know, change things up a little bit. Now I would be tempted for the Rays at plus 330 because once again, they're getting slept on, but I'll go with the Yankees at two to one in the win the division. And then what I'm going to do with the Rays over 89 and a half. I, I feel very, very good that the Rays can get to 90 or more wins. I get it. Like uh, they're constantly maybe losing a player or two and you just trade away like Austin Meadows, for instance, but they just seem to know what they're doing and, and they're just a machine. They churn through. I still like the, I, I actually love the race rotation this year. I really do. I'm very high on, on all the young guys. I don't know if it all comes together this year, but between Shane McClanahan and, and Luis Patino and uh, Shane Baz, like they have so many good talented pitchers. I love this race team. I'm taking the over on them on wins and then the Yankees to win the division. Uh, the next division is the AL central. We're not going to touch anything else in AL East. Um, the AL Central has the White Sox as the favorite. Uh, win totals for the teams, White Sox are 91.5. The Minnesota Twins are next at 81.5. The Tigers at 77.5. The Guardians at 76.5. And, and the Kansas City Royals at 74.5. I feel like this is a division where pretty clearly the White Sox are the favorites, but I could see any of these other teams finishing anywhere between second through fifth. Yeah, it's going to be probably the most intriguing division for me in terms of it's very hard to predict uh, exactly what happens after the first place team, which should be the Chicago White Sox. And that's why uh, I'm going to go with minus 195, the White Sox. It just feels like a clear-cut winner there. They're the real team that actually is competitive enough to make a push for a World Series. And none of the other four teams, in my opinion, are there. Um, 
I think the team that I'm having the hardest time breaking down is the Minnesota Twins because they're just confusing to me. Um, signing Carlos Correa, obviously they're going to be a better team having him in the middle of the order. They obviously revamped the rotation a little bit too. But I don't know if it's enough for me to really see them, you know, A, take over the division, B, make a playoff spot. It's still really hard for me to see that considering all the talent that's in the AL East and even the AL West as well. So with that in mind, I'm taking the White Sox at minus 195. I'll also take Detroit, though, at 77 and a half over because I do think this team can be a 500 baseball club, um, especially with adding Torkelson to the lineup. You're going to get in six to eight weeks, Riley Green, another star. And then they brought in Austin Meadows from the Rays. So that's going to be intriguing to see what he does in this Tigers lineup that also will feature Javi Baez for the first time. I, I think there's a lot of interesting pieces to the Tigers. Um, and so for that reason, I see them being around a 500 ball club. So I'll take the over there. And I'll also take the over and wins for the White Sox at 91 and a half, just because I feel like they're just an elite level above the rest. And I feel like 92 wins is very easy for this talented team to accomplish. Man, I, I, I agree. I, I'm so befuddled about what to do with the Twins. Now, let's not forget – I took the Twins to win the American League last year. I mean, this is a team who was in the playoffs for a couple of years with some young players. Um, I have questions about the rotation. Now, at time of recording, they could be acquiring Chris Paddock, which would help them. They kind of took a flyer on guys like Chris Archer and Dylan Bundy. If just one of the two hits, then that's positive. Joe Ryan could have a, a huge year for them. Sonny Gray, you make that trade. I kind of like Bailey Olber. It's it's sort of high risk, high reward. It certainly is. But that lineup for the Twins, that could be really fun. If Byron Buxton stays healthy, Buxton, Polanco, Correa, um, Kepler, Sano, and Sanchez all have a bunch of pop in their bat. Luis Arias is, is a contact guy. Gio Urshela is just like a solid pro. And then you have guys who could be coming up at, at any moment, Jose Medina or um, Trevor Larnock. Like, I kind of am, am selling myself on the twins the more I talk about this. And I'm actually going to, gonna. I, I came into this thinking I was oh, going to no. at minus 195, but I like the value there <laughs> of the twins. I, I do. I, you know, the, the White Sox at the top of the rotation is as good as anyone in, I don't know, maybe the entire American League or the MLB when you look at, uh, you know, Lucas Giolito and, and so forth. But um, I just have questions about the depth of that team and guys who get injured. Uh, I'm going to go with the value. Like, I, I like the White Sox to win the division, but the value of plus 475, if that makes sense, I'll take them. Now, beyond that, I'm also going to take Detroit to make the playoffs. How about this? Detroit over 77 and a half wins. And I'm also taking them to make the playoffs. You can get them to make the playoffs at plus 350 because I think their lineup comes together with Javier Baez and some of those young prospects. I think some of the pitchers start to get better. And then I'm taking Kansas City over 74 and a half. Not a lot over. I think it's 76 to 78 for Kansas City. I just kind of like that one. Um, but I'll say this is going to be kind of a close division. I, I'm sure the, the Cleveland Guardians or something will end up finishing second. But just because they have some talented players and they've tended to do well with less, I just I can't get on board with them with the lack of commitment from ownership. What about the Minnesota Twins uh, going to the playoffs at plus 175? Is that something you're touching? And also, is it because of Alex Kirilov, who is another name to help add to your uh, total of people that you just listed right there as to why you randomly changed from the White Sox to the Twins within our podcast? I just like the value. I don't love the value as much on the plus 170 there for just to make the playoffs. I'm going boomer bust. Like I said, it was only two years ago. This was a playoff team, and, and it was back-to-back -back year playoff team. If Byron Buxton stays healthy, I feel very confident about this, but I feel very not confident that Byron Buxton will stay healthy. If that makes sense. I, so. I respect the hustle here. I respect the hustle. All right, AL West. Um, who do you like in the AL West? What bets do you like? The uh, over-under win totals in the AL West. Leader in the clubhouse, Houston Astros at 91.5. The Seattle Mariners are second at 83.5. The uh, LA Angels, I guess, tied second, 83.5 as well. And then you have the Texas Rangers at 74.5, all the way down for the uh, Oakland A's at 68.5. Yeah, Derek, the Minnesota Twins to you are the Seattle Mariners to me. I feel like this is a constant circle for me. Uh, almost every year we do anything like this, right? Like I am always high on the Mariners and I'm always wrong. 
I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And save this clip, if you will, because you could blow it up in my face if I'm totally incorrect and Mariners Nation can aid me. But I'm going to go with the Mariners, and I'm going to have them at plus 450, which are odds that I love in this division. So that's pretty amazing. The Seattle over is also awesome. The fact that they have it at 83 and a half, the Seattle making the playoffs at plus 170. These are all things that are great, but I'm not going to touch the 170 to the playoffs just because of the same reason you're not with the twins, but I am going to go with the Oakland A's under 70 and a half. I think that the rest of the division has gotten so much better and the A's have just gotten so much worse to the point where I don't see how this team wins more than 60 games if we're being completely honest. They could lose even more than 100 games this season, and it would not shock me at all. I think Frankie Montas is gone, uh, and I think by that point the A's have nothing to play for, so they lose uh, enough games to the point where it's going to be over 92 losses this season, probably in the 100 range, meaning therefore Oakland with the under at 70 and a half. But I am running with the Mariners at this time. I think that they legitimately win the division, and I also have them at plus 450. So I am a little worried because from the Mariners' standpoint, yes, they won 90 games a season ago. But, like, you look at that Pythagorean win-loss, and it was uh, – I mean, they were minus 51 in, in run differential. Their Pythagorean was 76. So to get the over, they're going to have to win – essentially, like on paper, they're going to have to be eight wins better. I, I do think they get there, though. I, I agree with you. I have the over on the Mariners. You added Jesse Winker via trade. You added Eugenio Suarez via trade. Now, if he plays like he did last year, that might actually be a net negative, but I think he has a nice little bounce back. Julio Rodriguez should add to the lineup with him starting right away. Jared Kelenic should just be straight up better than he was last year. I, I like kind of some of the bench guys, too. Like, I think Abraham Toro can be a good bench piece for them. Um, you have Adam Frazier now. You get a full year out of Logan Gilbert. I think Marco Gonzalez has a bit of a bounce back. He was better in the second half. Robbie Ray, you add on. I think that all should be enough with a nasty bullpen, which they do have, to win eight more games than they theoretically should have won last year. So I definitely like that. But I'm not going to go as far to say that they're going to win the division. I'm going to go with Houston there, minus 180. But I do like the Seattle over. I like Seattle to make the playoffs at 170. And then the Texas over feels too low for me, 74 and a half. Again, I, I don't think this is a playoff team right away. It felt like to me the moves to add Marcus Simeon and the moves to add Corey Seager and John Gray and stuff, like those were moves that, yes, they help you now, but it almost feels like they're setting up to like, hey, we're going to go for it in 2023. Like these are the first moves. These are the pillar moves. We're going to have Josh Young come up at some point. Next year we'll make a couple other free agent splashes, have some other prospects come up. Next year's the year that we're going to compete for it. Um, but I still like the over 74 and a half. I think they're going to be closer to like a 500 ball club. Okay. Uh, last up in the American league, we have the awards and who wins. So who do you have um, just as a straight pick, like forget the odds, who do you have winning? And then who would you have based on value with the odds? Straight pick. I have the Chicago White Sox. I think they're the best in the league. Um, I, I love the pitching. Even with Lance Lynn hurt initially, that lineup should carry them enough. Uh, man, they have so many bats. And watching Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez this season, that is going to be really special. And let's not forget, they have Jose Abreu. And they also have Yasmani Grandal. Uh, Andrew Vaughn should be intriguing to watch how he progresses. They acquired A.J. Pollock. I mean, it is a deep lineup. And so on top of that, to add to that a great rotation and a very good bullpen, I mean, there's really not – much of a weakness on that White Sox team. I feel like a lot of people will be picking them to win the AL, and uh, there's a reason why. It's because on paper, at least, this is a very loaded lineup. Uh, I think the key piece for them this year is going to be Yoan Moncada uh, because Moncada has kind of had an interesting start to his career. He's still relatively young, but uh, finding the identity for him has not necessarily been his easiest thing. If he can contribute in a key way offensively, I don't see how you stop the White Sox. So I'm curious to see what happens there for them this season as for a betting pick I'm going right back to my Mariners Derek I love them at plus 1800 uh, I, I think that that is a great value uh, you throw five dollars ten dollars down and if they magically do what you know they are capable of doing um, and break that trend of going to the playoffs I, I could see this being similar to what happened with the Washington Nationals where the Nationals in 2019 you know they they didn't win a game and uh, in the playoffs in the past, and uh, they were just having issues winning the series. And all of a sudden, they get into this thing, and they win a series, they win another, and it just keeps going. And you ask, when is this going to end? And it doesn't end until they get to the World Series, and, and then it's a toss-up at that point. So 
I think the Mariners have a very interesting structure of young and old. Mitch Hanniger is going to be a key piece for them this season, I think, at the heart of that lineup uh, to go with the young talent that they have. And, and I think Robbie Ray, the addition of him, he is going to add so much value to the top of that rotation that it's going to be hard to beat them if they find themselves in an elimination game, anything along those lines. That bullpen is dangerous. I love the Mariners this season. Yeah, I, those are good odds at 18 to 1. And I'd much rather take that than like the Angels who are ahead of them at 16 to 1. Um, my straight pick, I'm going to go the New York Yankees over the Chicago White Sox. But as far as the betting odds, I mean, the Blue Jays, Yankees, Astros, and White Sox are all between plus 425 and plus 500. I don't love the value there. You know what I do love the value of? The Tampa Bay Rays, because I think they're going to be a playoff team, like I said. I think they're going to be over uh, 90 wins or so. Eight to one odds for a team that has a lot of good pitching that can kind of mix and match between the bullpen and the starters in the postseason. If Wander Franco ends up being as good as we all think, uh, some other young guys, uh, you know, coming up throughout different points, and we'll see how they do this season with guys like Josh Lowe and Vidal Brujan. But they have talent there, so I like the Rays at eight to one better than the odds of the Yankees at plus four seventy five. You're basically getting slightly less than double there for two teams that I think are pretty similar but without the odds I'm taking the Yankees over the White Sox okay what about AL awards we're going to go through MVP Cy Young rookie of the year you can take two of each you know you can take one kind of intermediate one or higher one and, and a long shot to pair with that or you can just do it however you want uh, let's start with the MVP who do you got there uh, it's not a sexy pick because it just kind of is a repeat of what we saw this past season but Shohei Otani is is just a generational talent and if he pitches and hits the way that he did last year, I don't think that you can find a way to really, you know, beat him in the MVP run for as long as he's in the league. I mean, he's literally doing the best of both worlds. So uh, there's a reason why he's a favorite in that voting, and it's because he kind of has a leg up over everybody because he's just that talented and he offers that much more value to his team. And if the Angels are a playoff team this year, well, that should literally make him an MVP favorite along with Mike Trout because this team has been terrible for years, and they're going to really count on both their top players to, uh, to get them to that point. So I have him at plus 350. The, uh, the underrated pick for me, I think, is Kyle Tucker. Um, I'm going to go with him at plus 3,000. Um, I feel pretty good about him actually having a significant season. And if your pick about the Astros is right – my vision is that Kyle Tucker is going to have to play probably the biggest role on that team this season offensively, and he's got the capabilities to go 40-40. He really does. Um, I don't think he's going to go 40-40, but in the off chance he does or something close to that, that's my backup MVP. And getting him at plus 3,000, I feel pretty good about that. Okay, I thought about doing Vladdy just in case Otani like, gets hurt or something. Um, he was the runner-up last year. Blue Jays are the favorite to win the American League. I'm going to go kind of two longer shots, like not ultra-long shots. But uh, if I'm in on the Twins, I'm in on Byron <laughs> Buxton. Byron Buxton, 25-1 to 1 odds. Will he stay healthy? Probably not. But if he does, he's – like if you guaranteed Byron Buxton plays 140 to 150 games and that the Twins would be a playoff team – you're probably looking at him for sure being a top five MVP candidate, right? So I'll take that at 25 to one and just hope he stays healthy. But I'm going to go with a different Houston Astro for my other one. Jordan Alvarez. I think he is due for a 50 home run season. Why not this year? I'll take him at 28 to one. I love those odds. I like the Astros to win the division. So you get enough wins and I love that one at 28 to one. That is my uh, favorite value bet among everything. Uh, on to the uh, Cy Young in the American League. Yeah, I'm going to just stick with my guns. That would be the Seattle Mariners. I feel like we are now Twins and Mariners fans, and uh, we could ditch the Dodgers and the Giants at this time. So uh, that's just what it's going to be for the American League this year, Derek. I'm the Mariners. You're the Twins. It's game on, my friend. And part of the reason why will be Robbie Ray. Uh, he's got 9-1 to one odds to win the Cy Young, and uh, he did it last year. I'm basically going with repeat picks with Otani winning the MVP and Robbie Ray winning the Cy Young. I just, I think both of them, they won it for a reason last season and it'll carry over for both of them again this year. Uh, and Ray pitching in Seattle, that is a great place to pitch. Uh, I think that his numbers shockingly could be even better than they were last year because he's pitching in a pitcher's park. Ball does not fly well at night there. And so that's going to be key for him. Uh, if he can continue to locate the way that he has, so, well, I, I, I have a, I could actually really see him uh, winning this a second time. 
If he doesn't win, and this is straight for value, I just have to go with the Mariners again. We don't know much about Logan Gilbert other than he was a prize prospect for the Mariners for a reason. Um, and just for pure breakout potential here, and knowing that the Mariners are going to need every ounce of starting pitching possible to be able to be a division winner this year, I'm just going to take a straight gamble. There's absolutely nothing outside of the raw potential of Logan Gilbert here. Plus that it's 70 to one odds. If I throw a dollar down and I lose that, so be it. But Logan Gilbert's a very talented uh, pitcher that I could see actually having a significant impact this season. The only question I may have is, will they limit his innings? Possibly. So that may be the one thing to take away from him there. But I think he has a key role this year for the Mariners. Okay, I'm going to go Lucas Giolito, 10 to one. White Sox should be really good. It feels like he's been hovering around that like really good pitcher, but you have to have that like elite elite a season yet. And he has the stuff to do it. So I'll take him at 10 to one. I just kind of like the odds there. And then the other guy, this one I'm really bullish on. I am a huge Frankie Montas guy. The second half of the season, he changed up his pitch repertoire just a little bit, made some tweaks and he was nails in the second half. In the second half of the season, he had a 2.17 ERA in 14 starts. He had a 1.04 whip, and he had a 10.6 K per nine. That'll get it done. Now, the biggest worry about this one, because it's 20 to one odds for a guy who pitched great and pitches in a pitcher's ballpark, is, as you alluded to earlier, there's a good chance he gets traded. And uh, part of this, you better hope he gets traded to an American League team, because otherwise then you're screwed. But I'm going to take that risk. Um, I know there's been some rumors here locally that the Royals should go out and get him. I don't know if there's anything concrete there, if it's just they should go get him or something. But my hope is he stays in the American League, has a great season, wins AL MVP. I like him at 20 to 1 just in terms of the, uh, the pure talent there. Rookie of the year, who sticks out to you? Well, even just going off that Montas real quick, I am picking that he's going to the Red Sox at some point this season. That just seems like a match made in heaven. So, hey, you may actually get your choice right there. We'll see. But, yes, for Rookie of the Year, uh, Derek, take a swing at what team I'm going to choose <laughs> listed on this. By the way, I think it's funny that we've attached ourselves to the Mariners and Twins, who combined have not won a playoff game <laughs> since, like, the early 2000s. Yeah, we, uh, we could really, really regret this entire podcast right here. It's a good thing it's not episode 50, because otherwise I'd be even more upset. Uh, episode 49, people won't remember 49, right? Well, I'm going to go with Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I like the odds at plus uh, 450. Um, I think that this kid could be a generational talent. He had an inside-the-park home run in spring training. He's got high energy. The Mariners have an open spot in the lineup directly for him. The opportunity will be present. And this guy could really revolutionize uh, the brand that is Mariners baseball, a.k.a. my favorite team now. Um, I'm really excited to see what Julio Rodriguez is capable of doing. I think he's got the potential to hit similar to that of what we saw from Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, in his first year. They kind of project in similar ways. Uh, this kid could be really special, and he's much, much CTV. Uh, very excited to see what happens with him. As for my, I guess you could say, long shot, how about Josh Lowe, the outfielder for the Tampa Bay Rays? at odds of 25 to 1. So Austin Meadows is traded this week to the Detroit Tigers. Well, a lot of people wondering, why would the Rays do that? Well, because maybe they trust Josh Lowe that much. Uh, Josh Lowe should have himself a starting role. Uh, picked him up in fantasy for a reason uh, in several leagues because the guy has great value to have power and speed. Um, and he can hit for average. I don't know. He could be a very low-key, underrated pickup here. Uh, so I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by him. So I'll take him at 25 to 1 odds. Yeah, I like those odds as well. I'm a big uh, Josh Lowe guy. Okay, I'll go Bobby Witt Jr. He's the favorite, but it's still plus 310. I, I just, I'm so high on Bobby Witt Jr. I, I don't know how it'll hit this year. I mean, we saw Jared Kelenic seem like a sure thing, and he struggled so much right away, but it's really hard for me not to see it working right away. And then um, for more of my long shot, I don't know. I Reed Detmers at, at 20 to 1, like, there's a case to be made that outside of Shohei Otani, Reed Detmers could be the number two pitcher on the Angels. I, I hate that they're doing the stupid six-man rotation, by the way. Um, apparently, I know Syndergaard's been pretty good so far by all reports and through spring training and stuff. Uh, but I, I think Detmers could have a good year. He was supposed to be one of the more you know pro-ready prospects, struggled a bit last year. I think he could have a good year. And the, the good news about the six-man rotation is that it'll, I think, organically be able to keep his innings down to where maybe – 
Um, it'll protect him a little bit more in his rookie year, and that could be good for winning the award. And if the Angels end up actually having a good season and actually making the playoffs, I think there's a good reason that it would get more attention to Reed Detmers and that probably he has to perform well for that to even happen. So I'll go Reed Detmers at uh, 20 to 1, and maybe he has a season where he has 120 innings, but he has a, a low ERA, and, and that's enough to get it done. Okay, let's move over to the National League side of things, starting in the NL East, where over-under win totals in the NL East see the Atlanta Braves at 91.5, the New York Mets at 88.5, the Philadelphia Phillies at 86.5, the Miami Marlins at 77.5, and, and the Washington Nationals at 71.5. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Phillies over 85.5, uh, and also Miami over 77 and a half. I think for the Phillies purposes, there's just too much firepower in that lineup to imagine that they're not going to be an 88, 89 win team at the very least. Uh, I think that they're heavily slept on at this time. Um, and I mean, let's be honest, having Schwarber and Castellanos added to a lineup that already featured Bryce Harper it had another piece that would be Rice Hoskins, who I think is going to benefit from this. Then you have JT Realmuto. And then I love the youth. They're going to have Bryson Stott come up. And I love Bryson Stott to the point where I changed my fantasy team name from Scott's Tots to Stott's Tots. So uh, a, a lot of value implemented there. Uh, really interested to see what happens with the Phillies. I think that they're going to be a winning ball club this year. The pitching is actually underrated, too. I mean, you have Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and then I think there's going to be a pretty solid season that they'll get out of Ranger Suarez as well. So keep an eye on them because they could be a special ball club that nobody is really talking about, and uh, that could be what makes them incredibly dangerous. As for the Marlins, I don't think that they're going to be a division winner. However, I think that that rotation that they feature is just way too good to win less than 500. You know, I, I, I see them as – at worst a 500 ball club um this is a team that obviously is not that far from removed from being a playoff team too and i think a lot of people forget that um that they were in the nlds back in 2020 and uh i, I don't know i think that they've got pieces that they can at least compete this year uh the addition of jorge soler in the outfield that should give them some significant power in the lineup and they're kind of a scrappy ball club offensively but with that pitching that they have and their bullpen got better they acquired two pieces from the Orioles as well that included Cole Solcer and I, I, I just really like what the Marlins have they're a much better team in my opinion on paper than 500 but the team that I'm taking in this division I will stick with the World Series favorites and or champs I should say and should be some of the favorites which are the Braves at plus 120 the fact that there are plus odds for the defending World Series champions just almost feels like it's an automatic and Let's be honest, they lost Freddie Freeman, but they replaced him with Matt Olson, who could offer as much, if not even more value at that position. And then they get Kenley Jansen in the back of that bullpen to have the best bullpen in the league. Hard for me to see them not win that division. I'm going to actually go the Phillies. I'm all aboard the Phillies. I love, love, love that lineup. I love the, I don't know, I shouldn't say I love the starting pitching staff, but it's a good rotation i am scared of the bullpen uh the cory kniebel edition i think was much needed and that'll help them but i look at like some of those like jose alvarado and, and some of those guys are, are kind of uh blow up worthy in the bullpen which definitely scares me but i'm gonna take them overall they seem like a team to me that can rack up a lot of wins and then unless the bullpen gets better at the deadline which it very much could they're a team that kind of blows up in the playoffs because of that but you can get them at plus 330 odds, so I like the value there. So I'm obviously going to go over 85 and a half wins as well. I'm all aboard the Marlins with you as well. Um, uh, rotation's one of the best in baseball. And I look at the lineup. It's not great, like you said. It's kind of scrappy. Jazz Chisholm, Jorge Soler, Avisael Garcia, Jesus Sanchez, Jesus Aguilar, Brian Anderson, Miguel Rojas. It's a bunch of guys who, like, they're going to put up okay numbers and, and – the thing is to me, like I look at that lineup, I, I don't even know if it's a top half lineup in the MLB, but I, I don't think it, I, it's far from like the worst lineup in the MLB. Like if they're the 20th best team at scoring runs this year, mixed with what their rotation has, like that should be enough to, like you said, be around a 500 ball club. So um, I like the over 77 and a half there. I also like the New York Mets over 88 and a half. They were running around 90, 91 with the Grom. And I think I was ready to take the over on that anyway. I think they can get over 88 and a half. I, I love the ability to spend. I feel confident that at the deadline, they'll be buyers. 
And so what does this all mean? I'm high on a lot of these teams. I'm picking the over on a lot of these teams. Somebody has got to be the punching bag here. Washington Nationals, Juan Soto, you are amazing. The rest of your team pretty much stinks. I am going easily on the under 71 and a half for the Nationals. I think they're going to be closer to 60 wins than they are 70. Yeah, I like that. On to the uh, NL Central, where uh, the projected leader in terms of win totals is, uh, oh gosh, this is a very bad division in looking at it. This is very scary going through this. Um, Yeah, the St. Louis Cardinals are at 84 and a half. The Chicago Cubs are at 75 and a half. The Cincinnati Reds are at 74 and a half. Pittsburgh Pirates are at 65 and a half. You know what? There's and the Mil- I forgot the Brewers. I'm sorry. The Milwaukee Brewers are 89 and a half. There's something to be said. Oh, are they at 89 and a half now? Yes, they are. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Well, there's something to be said about the central divisions because they are really hard to predict across the board. Um, but I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals at plus 210 uh, to win the division. And here's my reason why. There is something to be said about what you have on paper. There's something to be said about depth. And, and the Cardinals have that. I mean, they've got a fairly decent rotation. Uh, their bullpen has pieces. I think the weirdest piece for them actually is going to be that they're having Jordan Hicks as a starter. That's going to be really interesting to monitor. Um, not, not 100% certain how that's going to go, but – Hey, the last time anything like that happened, uh, they had a guy named Adam Wainwright go from a closer to being a starter, and you saw what happened there. So maybe there's some method to their madness. They do have a new manager. Um, could be a new trend in the right direction. But I think the big thing is this is the last season you're ever going to see Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, and Albert Pujols. And I know that this is more speculative and this is more kind of, of a storyline than anything else, but – Sometimes storylines and stories write themselves, right? There's something to be said about having three franchise pieces that are all going out at the same time and the lineup and team around them being as good as they are, helping carry them to a much greater point. And, and I think the Cardinals will have that. I think this could be a magical season for St. Louis because of that, knowing that there are so many emotions. That opening day is going to be so special for Cardinals fans. Um, this is something that's beyond baseball that you may see translate that numbers don't always tell the whole story. And and that's why I'm going to go with them. I I think that they're going to have that weird, wild, magical run. You know, they were heartbroken last year. The Dodgers beat them in the wild card game. Those emotions carry over. And I think this is going to be one of the most emotional teams in baseball. And for that reason, that's why I'm going to take them to win the division and I'll also take them Uh, Thank you very much for the uh, plus 210 odds. As for the Brewers, I still think they have a great rotation. We're going to talk about this being a wild race between the Cardinals and the Brewers, where it could be separated by a game or two. And in my opinion, it'll be the Cardinals winning by a game or two in this division. But the Brewers, I still think, will have over 89 and a half wins. They'll be closer to like 91. I'm not confident in it, but I'll take it just in that sense. Uh, but the Cardinals at 84 and a half over. I'm going to take that easily. I, I just firmly believe in that. And uh, kind of going with your punching bag theory, the Cincinnati Reds at 74 and a half wins. They actually do have more pieces than people realize. Uh, I, I think a lot of people just believe that they've been completely depleted because of the trades they've made. They're not completely depleted, but they're depleted enough to the point where 74 wins is going to be really hard to reach. And I think that the division is going to beat up on them with that. For the Pirates, I'm going to kind of leave that one alone because they have so much youth that I feel like in the second half of the season, you're going to see a lot of faces that you may not see in the first half. And so they very well could win 65, 66, 67 games. And so I feel like that would be one of those harder losses that, you know, you're not necessarily wrong in, but the betting odds would therefore not really reflect that. Yeah, I agree. But you do have those two kind of punching bags with the Reds and and uh, the Pirates overall. I, I agree with you. I'm going to go Cardinals. Like, when I look at the two teams, it's so hard to pick between the Cardinals and Brewers if, you, if odds weren't involved because the Brewers have the better rotation. The Cardinals have the better lineup. Both bullpens have a lot of really good pieces in it, so it's, it's almost splitting hairs. For that reason, since the Cardinals are plus 210 and the Brewers are minus, like, 190, 
I'd rather take the plus odds with the Cardinals. So I'm doing the same thing as you. I'm taking the Cardinals over 84 and a half. I think both these teams end up winning high 80s, maybe 90, 92 games, somewhere in that range. Um, and then I'm agreeing with you with the Reds on the under 74 and a half. Okay, on to the NL West. The Dodgers are obviously the favorite. They come in with the lofty win total over under of 98 and a half. The San Diego Padres are at 89 and a half. The San Francisco Giants are at 86 and a half. The Colorado Rockies at 68 and a half and the Arizona Diamondbacks at 67 and a half. Yeah. Uh, for even more insight, go listen to our uh, most recent brand new podcast, uh, the state of the NL West. We're doing that with just baseball and Derek and I kind of went over these odds a little bit to give you a bit of a synopsis though, here in terms of what we're going to take, um, you know, overall, I'm going to take the Dodgers at minus 220. Uh, you know, it's obviously a pretty chalk pick, but it's chalk because the Dodgers are just that good. Um, yeah, the Giants won last year. So that's a pretty big, uh, big pick. And honestly, I said it in our last podcast, I would probably throw money, no gambling advice, at that Giants plus 440, I believe it's at. And um, that that's something that I think was sticking out to me that uh, it's not a bad buy. But if I had to pick between one or the other, I'm still going with the Dodgers. They're just a really loaded team across the board. Um, I'll take the Dodgers over as well at 97 and a half wins. I think this is a 100 win team. Uh, but I will also say I have two other overs. That would be the Giants over 85 and a half. You're going to tell me, you're going to tell me that a team that wins 107 games a season later is going to win 22 less games. I'm sorry. I can't, I don't believe that. I have a hard time believing that. I, I, I see the Giants winning 90-plus games. I'm taking the over there. And then the Rockies. Okay, the Rockies are an organizational disaster in some way, shape, or form. But consequently, their disaster is also actually going to win them more games than what you may see from the Diamondbacks, right? And so the punching bag in this division is the Diamondbacks. The Rockies are listed right now at 68-and-a-half wins. If you're telling me that chaotic lineup with Chris Bryant and Randall Gritchick and C.J. Crone, Brendan Rodgers, those guys can't produce more than 70 wins, color me shocked. I, I, I see this team being a 70-plus win team. I take the over there. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the right. I mean, they won 74 last year. Like, did they get that much worse by losing John Gray, you know, and Trevor Story, who had kind of a bad year? And then you add Chris Bryant. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd, I'd probably take the over there. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Dodgers minus 220. I'm, I'm not as in on the Giants. I do think the Giants, like, are a competitive team. I think it would be disappointing if the Giants didn't make the playoffs. So I, I probably would lean and agree with you that I'd go over the 85 and a half. I see them somewhere between that, like, 84 to 88 win range. So that's more on the side of the over. I just – I have trouble seeing how they're going to hit left-handed pitching. You lose Buster Posey, you lose Chris Bryant. You didn't really do anything about it in the offseason in terms of adding to your lineup. And one of the new rules with the um, kind of restriction of how many times you can bring a guy up, bring a guy down with the amount of options everybody has, that's going to really hurt the Giants because they kind of utilize that rule as much, if not more, than anyone in the MLB. And they used it to find guys that they might not normally find. Now you're not going to have that opportunity. Now – instead of being able to bring up and down a guy like Tyro Estrada or Lamont Wade a fourth or fifth time um, or a fifth or sixth time, you're going to have to just cut bait if that's what you decide to do. And then you don't have as many of those breakouts. I also think they got lucky with maybe not lucky, but I think they did a really good job with older players and they had a really good year. I don't know how much you can count on that again to happen this year. I look at the lineup and it, it really scares me. The rotation should be good. The bullpen should be good. Um, I'm just not buying it in the same weight class as the Dodgers. Again, I think they can be a playoff team and everything. It's just as far as the regular – and, you know, in the playoffs, you, of course, you can beat anyone. Like, the Giants could absolutely beat the Dodgers in a playoff series. It's a short series. But over the course of a 162-game season, I like the Dodgers to win it at minus 220. I'm taking the Dodgers over 98.5. I think they're a 100-plus win team. Uh, maybe the greatest lineup I've ever seen in my lifetime. And then the Padres. I think they have a nice bounce back. It's 89 and a half. I like the rotation. Mackenzie Gore looks like he's going to come up and be a stud. Looks like he finally got back on track there. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be able to hold down the fort. Manny Machado will be good enough to kind of carry the lineup for the first couple months till Tatis comes back. And then they'll have a nice little push at the end and then somewhere between that like 90 to 92 win range. Um, as far as the National League, who wins it overall? What's your straight bet? What's your bet with odds? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to have to take the Dodgers over the Braves. What a sexy pick that is, right? I, I feel like that's pretty chalk for most people as well. But, hey, you know what? As of right now, uh, on the date of recording, on paper, these are the two best teams in baseball, and they've been the two best teams in the National League through 2020. So, uh, to me, I just don't see much parity there in that sense uh, for the straight bet. However – for my, I guess you could say, more long shot bet in terms of the odds, I'm going to go with this narrative that I kind of created on my own over here. Uh, you know, the Seattle Mariners are going to be the darlings of the American League. I think the darlings of the National League, that'll be the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, there's something to be said about that storyline, as I had mentioned, of Pujols and Rainwright and Yadier. And, you know, 2011 was the year they all won the World Series together, right? Well, this is 2022, 11 years later. There's something weird about the way that the script can be written in baseball, right? Like some things just happen that, the way you least expect it. We're going to look at the NCAA tournament and say Duke in North Carolina and Coach K's last season ever, he happens to lose two games, both against UNC, and he also loses in the Final Four in their first matchup. I mean, sometimes this story plays itself out, and so – this could be a magical year for the St. Louis Cardinals just based off of what we're seeing leading into it. So I'm going to go with them at plus or at 16 to one odds. I, I think that that's not a bad bet. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to see if uh, that would be a waste of my money. No, I, I think those are good odds on that. Like that's a good bet. Um, okay. I'm going to go straight up. I'm, I'm going to go with the Dodgers over the Mets. I know I had the Phillies winning the division. That was partially just a value thing. But also, I actually could see the Phillies winning the division. The Mets just need to get into the wild card. And they need to get their two pitchers healthy, which right now isn't really the case with Scherzer questionable for opening day, Jacob deGrom, um, obviously with him getting injured again. But if those two guys just get back for the playoffs, and we know Steve Cohen has no problem spending money being a buyer at the trade deadline, they could uh, hypothetically like what if the Mets went out and got Frankie Montas or something? And that's like your one, two, three, right? That'd be pretty ridiculous. So I think the Mets could be a team that just finds a way to get into the wild card. Then if those two guys are healthy, you're favored in a lot of those games because of the pitching staff you have. And I like the Dodgers lineup to overcome that, especially because the Dodgers at least have Walker Buehler and Julio Urias who can get pretty close to what those two guys can do for the Mets. But as far as the value pick, I will go with the Mets for the betting odds side of things because they're plus six to one, uh, plus 600 odds. So I will take that. On to the NL awards, starting up with MVP. Yeah, um, I'm going to go looking at the Atlanta Braves. And I, I like the value of this, by the way. Uh, Matt Olson taking over for Freddie Freeman. Yet another situation in which kind of an interesting storyline. Uh, I, I think Olson's going to have a ridiculous year. He could hit 50 home runs uh, going from a massive Oakland stadium where he had no protection in the lineup to all of a sudden he's got Acuna. He's got Albies. He's got Riley. They're all hitting around him. Uh, this guy could have a massive season and, and, you know, he doesn't necessarily have a problem hitting for average either. Hit 271 last season. If he puts together a 280 season where he has 120 something RBIs and it's 45 bombs. I mean, hard to bet against that, right? So I'm actually going to take him. Uh, and those are realistic numbers, in my opinion, for a guy that's at 22 to 1 odds. Uh, but a little bit more of a distant pick. It, it still doesn't feel that unrealistic, though. How about Manny Machado? Uh, he's going to have to really step up this year. And if the Padres want a chance to make the playoffs, they're going to rely heavily on this guy in the heart of their order, especially without Tatis Jr. Um, this is Machado's team. Uh, while everybody wants to kind of turn to Tatis and say that he's the, the face of the franchise, and he is for the future, this is still Manny Machado's team. And I think that he may find a way to make a statement about that this season. It could put up massive numbers in the process. So I, I'm thinking about putting something on Juan Soto. He is the favorite. Um, it's really short odds. It's, it's plus 280. But I – I just don't know because I look at like past MVP winners and there have been a lot of past MVP winners who, not a lot, but a good amount that um, were on losing teams or teams who didn't make the playoffs. Like last year, Shohei Otani, Bryce Harper, your two MVPs, neither one made the playoffs, right? Uh, Mike Trout in 2019, John Carlos Stanton was on a 77 win Marlins team in 2017. But again, like as I go through this, uh, the case of Stanton on the Marlins or Shohei Otani this past year, 
both those were losing teams that didn't make the playoffs. They still won 77 games. So it's one thing for them to win MVP if it's not a winning team, but if it's still one that, you know, it's, it's around 500, it's competitive-ish. If I think the Nationals are going to be below 71 and a half wins and they're going to be in the 60s, that becomes a lot harder for you to win MVP at, you know, a 65-win team. Like, you would have to put up unbelievable numbers for that to be the case. So for that reason, I'm not going to actually bet on Juan Soto. I'm actually going to double down with your Manny Machado one. I really like that idea of helping kind of keep them afloat at 35 to one. And then the other guy that I'm going to go with is your guy. And this goes in line too with uh, your Cardinals stuff. How about Tyler O'Neill? Like he had a really good year last year. What if he takes the next step going forward? The Cardinals end up winning the division. He's got the power. He's got the speed for it. What if he goes out there and hits 40 home runs and, and steals 20 bases and, and hits, you know, 260 with a 350 OBP? Like, he's in that conversation if they win the division. So, you can get him at 30 to 1, and I'll uh, hope that I get good value between those two. On to the Cy Young. Yeah, uh, I, I think that this is the year that Walker Bueller really steps up and separates himself from the rest of the pack. We, we've known for years this kid would have the Cy Young potential in him. He always has. He looked like he was the Cy Young favorite for the majority of last season as well, and I think people forget that because of how great of a run that Corbin Burns had and Max Scherzer had that it kind of knocked him out to, to the back end of this. I, I think Bueller's going to have to really step up innings-wise because the Dodgers' rotation's not as deep this year, so they are going to extend him probably further than they did last year. And at the end of the day, I think that he's going to execute. He's their number one guy. He's their opening day starter. And I think he lives up to expectation as well as any other player called upon in baseball. And so if I'm getting him at the odds that are currently at eight to one odds, I like those odds. So as for my long shot, I'm just going off the narrative. Uh, Adam Wainwright ending his career as just impressive as any pitcher that you've ever seen. I mean, look at what he did last season. He was a top pitcher and a Cy Young candidate, right? Well, he's going to go out with a bang. You know that. You know he can go deep in games. And if you're adding another zero to the odds, sure, I'll throw a dollar down. No big gambling advice here. But I will say that Adam Wainwright at 80 to 1 odds, knowing how well he pitched last season and knowing this is going to be the storybook ending for the Cardinals, uh, sure, like that, that would just totally close the book in a perfect way. So I'll throw a dollar down on that. Okay, here's the thing. There has been a, a trend in the National League of pitchers who repeat. Tim Lincecum started this trend. 2008, Tim Lincecum wins his first Cy Young. He repeats in 2009. Clayton Kershaw wins the award in 20 – he also won it in 2011. But Clayton Kershaw wins it in 2013. He repeats in 2014. Max Scherzer wins it in 2016. He repeats in 2017. Jacob deGrom wins it in 2018. He repeats in 2019. Who won it last year? That was Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns repeats. You can get him at 7-1 to one odds. I love those odds. That's one of my favorite bets that you can make. And then Julio Urias at 20-1. to one. I think in the same way that Walker Buehler stepped up, so did Urias. And I think they're pretty similar, to be honest. And they're both on winning teams. The fact that you can get Urias at 20-1, to one, I think those are great odds. So I, I love the two Cy Young bets there. Uh, rookie of the year, who sticks out? Yeah, uh, once he gets called up, and he should already be up on this MLB roster, but he's not, and that would be O'Neill Cruz. Uh, he's one of the favorites here. In fact, he is the favorite, um, and rightfully so. This guy has an exit velocity that's gone as high as 118 miles per hour. That would put him seventh in Major League Baseball. That was in limited at-bats last season. I, and by limited at-bats, I mean less than 10 at-bats. Imagine what this guy could produce uh, when he gets 400, 450 at-bats this season. Um, on a team in which he's going to get as many opportunities as possible because, quite frankly, the Pirates are not going to be that great. So I, I love his capability. His frame is six foot seven. He can play shortstop. He's going to probably play a little bit of outfield this season as well. And, and I love O'Neill Cruz's bat, man. It is a special talent. And uh, really excited to see what he can do this season. But if it's not him, you know, I have an underrated pick here. And it's very underrated. It would be Bobby Miller of the Dodgers. You know, we talked about how the Dodgers rotation may not have a ton of depth. Well, they're going to have to fill those innings somehow, right? Bobby Miller looked impressive in his tune-up, if you will, before heading to the minor leagues against the Angels, shutting them down, striking out Shohei Otani. 
I can get those odds right now for 75 to one odds. And I have a feeling Bobby Miller is going to be up a lot earlier than most people realize in that rotation. He could play a massive role for the Dodgers this season, eat up innings. And also on top of that, that guy just has crazy filthy stuff. Uh, pretty excited to see what he can do. I love those odds. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's a good one. I'm going to totally agree with you, too, on your first one, O'Neill Cruz. Um, I am so in on O'Neill Cruz. He's a stud. It's so dumb. The Pirates kept him down for uh, a couple of weeks. And the funny part is, with the new CBA rules, if you finish top three in the Rookie of the Year voting, then you get the service time year anyway. So it'd be so funny if he wins Rookie of the Year and they kept him down for no reason, which would be great because – uh, I hate the service time manipulation stuff. I'm going to also go, I've, I mentioned his name a couple times, but Kenzie Gore at 35 to one, he has looked dominant in spring training. Uh, the Padres are going to need pitching depth at some point. I think he comes up uh, at some point in the season, looks really good for this team and, and he's in competition for the uh, rookie of the year. Okay. The last one we have is the world series. Who is your straight pick and who would be your, some of your picks maybe with odds or any long shots or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, every year I kind of go chalk. Um, last year I picked the Dodgers over the Red Sox, and, and I was pretty close in that department um, in a sense that, you know, I narrowed it down to two of the final four right there, but this isn't the NCAA tournament. This is the MLB. So I am going to stay with the Dodgers this year. I think that they've got the pieces. They're going to figure it out by the deadline, what they need to address in order to get there. But the bullpen is still really good. I think Tommy Canley is going to play a key role in that department for the Dodgers uh, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, and Mookie Betts at the top of any lineup. That is an all-star lineup in the making. And that doesn't even include Will Smith and Max Muncie. And, and if Gavin Lux can produce in some way, shape, or form, if Cody Bellinger can make a comeback, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by what the Dodgers have across the board. And there's just too much firepower not to pick them. I'm going to take them over the White Sox. I feel like the White Sox are probably the safe pick in the American League as well. And so for that reason, I'm going nearly chalk, I would say. Uh, but Dodgers over White Sox is my actual straight pick. What I will say, though, in terms of betting odds, I will pick the White Sox to win the World Series. Um, I, I think that they match up really well against a team like the Dodgers on paper. The young talent, the pitching rotation may actually be stronger than what you see from a team like the Dodgers. Uh, and I can get the White Sox at 11-1 to odds, and so I feel pretty good about that. My long shot pits – um, Derek, this is a shocker, absolute shocker. I'm going to list two for you here, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Seattle Mariners. If you've been listening to our whole podcast, you should have known. Uh, I can get the Cardinals at 30 to one odds. I can get the Mariners at 40 to one odds. Uh, you know what? I, I almost just want to sit here and say it's going to be Cardinals Mariners world series, but I'm not that gutsy. Uh, but I will say those are pretty good odds to be able to pick that. All right, I'll take the uh, Dodgers at 5-1. to one. Long shot, I'm going to take the Phillies 22-1. to one. As much as I am worried about the bullpen, that's probably the – maybe not the easiest thing, but something you could very easily override at the trade deadline. If everything goes well, you can add a couple guys, and if they shore that up, I think they have the other stuff uh, that can get them in it. Now, as far as my straight pick, I'm going Dodgers over the uh, White Sox there in – or I, I think I picked the Yankees. Dodgers over the Yankees. Either way, whoever picked in the AL, Dodgers beat them. Lineup's too good. Okay, last thing. Uh, we don't have a shotgun six-pack. We just have a tall boy. One thing, <laughs> Michael Conforto still has not signed with anyone, which, by the way, that makes me right. You owe a drink for that because I, I said he would be not signed yet by now. Michael Conforto ends up on the blank. I will take my drink, and then I will answer. So this is proof that I'm taking my drink. Here we go. He is drinking. I can confirm even though this is probably not being picked up sound-wise. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing you didn't pick up the sound. Okay, that was a lot of bubbles from my champagne. I'm going to go with the Miami Marlins. I feel like that's a great fit. Um, if the Marlins do want to be competitive in the NL East, I feel like stealing one of their own guys from the Mets and bring him over in an outfield that could definitely use him, I see that as a great fit. Uh, I like him in the middle of that lineup. I think it adds another uh, value in the sense that he's a lefty and uh, there's multiple lefties he can counter with there that include Jazz Chisholm. You can also add Jesus Sanchez. And it's somewhat of a veteran presence. You know, he's not that far removed from hitting over 300, uh, having MVP-type numbers. Uh, Conforto is quietly probably one of the most underrated players in the game because of how bad of a season he had last year. 
Uh, he can add a pack to the punch immediately when he's in the lineup, and I like him in the Marlins lineup. Let's go Texas Rangers. They could use another hitter. They probably have the money to do it. Go out and get him. Um, but I don't know. The other answer is the unemployment list because <laughs> – does not like it's weird. There's there's like no rumors of like him talking to teams or like teams that are interested in him. I, I wonder if he's asking for like way too much money and nobody's gonna budge and, and he's you know gonna not gonna sign for like a month or two into the season, which is unfortunate because he's a very talented hitter. That's gonna do it for this edition of Booze and Baseball. You can subscribe to our podcast, give us a five star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Booze and Baseball for Dusty Baker. I'm Derek Johnson. Happy opening day. Happy opening day.